Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, it's Justin here. We're going to get to the podcast in just a second. Today, Carter and I talked about the Lakers winning a championship and what this title means for both LeBron's legacy uh, this season and a whole bunch of other good things. But before we get to the podcast, I just want to talk about a new podcast for Blue Wire. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, a dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. On the show, they will chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champion, sports, music, culture, and family life. He just dropped a podcast with LL Cool J that I think you guys will want to check out. Listen to On The Hook with Abner Mars wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. And now, to our show. Blue Wire. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the last! Oh, blocked by James! It's over! It's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cleveland Cavaliers select... Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some ribbon. And he got it. Young Ball continues to wear him out. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Carter is not here this week. The Cavs dropped footage of them uh, returning to play in their mini camp with the Road Back documentary. So anytime the Cavs are actually doing something, Carter's going to bail. There's no way he's watching that. So to help fill in for him, I have brought back friend of the podcast, Jeff Nomina. Jeff, how's it going, man? It's going great. And one of my favorite things about this Carter not watching the Cavs bit is just how much it annoys him. I think it's gotten to the point. Like it's kind of the point where I didn't even think any of us enjoy it that much, but we keep it going just just because we know it just it just <laughs> just bothers the crap out of him. 
honestly that that's the key to a lot of my bits is if i can if i know it needles carter just a little bit i'm just going to keep pounding that over and over and over again but i'm really happy to have you back man it's been a minute since we talked um i was just thinking about this the other day about a year ago uh was when i was in cleveland and we were actually hanging out it's kind of crazy to think that i feel like 10 years ago Jesus, I, I know it's it. It's been a year, feels like ten, and it's just crazy to think that normally this is when uh, the NBA season would be getting underway. We'd be excited about the newest pick of the Cavs, but that's not the way things are right now. We still have a lot of mystery. We're still trying to figure out what is going on with the season as we don't have a start date yet. But uh, where, where's your mind at to, uh, when it comes to the Cavs? Are are you uh, are are you? St- excited is it still too far away or is your mind just on Tua as a Dolphins fan <laughs> well partially on Tua um the the hard thing I think right now with the Cows fandom is that this draft is just so underwhelming that <laughs> like we're talking about it non-stop but I feel like coming out of the draft I'm not going to feel like whoever we pick I don't think I'm going to be more excited about than I am seeing Garland or Sexton or KPJ next year so that's actually a and beautiful so, segue because we are going to talk about the draft because there has been new information that came out this week. But before we get into that, I, I'd actually love to pick your brain and kind of get a refresher on where we're thinking uh, when it comes to the prospects that are already on this team. I mean, we're, we're going to see Dylan Windler for the first time uh, coming into this season. Sexton, um, after a slow start, had just a fantastic season overall. Uh, Garland, the, there's the buzz coming out of minicamp that he's a new player. When you're looking at kind of the, the four guys that everybody thinks about when it comes to the Cavs, where do you kind of rank them when it comes to your confidence that they're going to be a good player? I think I'm pretty confident KPJ is going to be like a good player. I don't, I feel like we're all pretty excited about him and maybe we take it a little too far and mm-hmm. we're kind of projecting like that he's going to be a star. And you know, I don't, I don't think that's fair. Um, but he definitely looks like he's going to be really good. I'm higher on, on Garland than I think a lot of people. Are. I feel like Cavs Twitter is kind of done with him mm-hmm. already. Carter definitely is. But I thought, I thought his passing and even like his little floater game was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And he just seems like a little bit more FU in his game. And I'm hoping that, that getting healthy brings that. Like, I feel like he, should have forced things more, a lot more pull-ups, like stuff that using that three ball to, to get into the rest of his game. It's like the rest of his game was better than I thought. He just wasn't as aggressive as I kind of expected him to be and looking for his own shot or trying to make things happen. So I actually kind of want to see what he's like healthy, see if that gives him the confidence to kind of impose his will on games. Whereas I felt like last year, he wasn't trying to do that as much. He just kind of went out there and made a lot of the right plays, but maybe didn't force things like, like I kind of expected him to. Um, so I, I think everybody, Cavs included, um, kind of feels like KPJ is the highest ceiling guy. But one thing that does give me a little bit of warmth in my cold dead heart is that it seems like people away from the Cavs, a, a lot of them seem to still be high on Garland. I know uh, today Matt Moore was talking about how he actually believes that the Cavs aren't going to be terrible next year. And he said a big part of it is he's very, very high on Garland. And it, it kind of makes sense because he has been there for the, the guy that I've kind of compared him to, which is Jamal Murray, where uh, in his rookie season, 
that's a guy that can shoot that didn't shoot well. He just wasn't right physically. And I, I think with Garland being healthy, everything else is going to fall into place when he's a bigger threat that's going to create more opportunities for him to manipulate the defense and get other guys open. Um, but while KPJ is kind of viewed as the highest ceiling guy, if you had to, if someone put a gun to your head and said where these guys are going to turn out, like how, how they're going to turn out, where would you rank them in terms of your confidence on who's going to be the best of the bunch down to the, the I, I guess, the least productive of the four? I, I, I want to hear you order the four. And it's hard because Sexton is a is an extremely like weird player to project because he's, what, 20 years old? He's already scoring 20 points a game on average efficiency. He is a good shooter, like good to great shooter. Like, I mean, he, he, his shooting is way better than anybody expected and like a real asset. So it, he does all the things that like you really want a guy to do. And I feel like everybody's really down on him. And, and I get it and I understand why, and I'm not exactly high on him, but if you're to tell me who's going to have a productive career, like that, that guy is going to have a, a long career just from his ability to score the ball. Mm-hmm. And if the rest comes around, you know, then maybe he's a more useful player. So he's to me the hardest one to project because he's not really playing like a winning style yet, but he's producing in ways that mean he'll you know be around for a long time. So you almost have to say, I don't know. KPJ's shown so many flashes. I think I still have to say KPJ first, just because his instincts seem so much above everyone else's. Okay. He just moves and makes plays that make me confident. Plus the position, you know, I mean, he's what six six eleven now. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I, I think he, I think he's seven thirteen. Um, last <laughs> last time I checked, uh, as I've been examining pictures, but yeah, let, let's go. Let's say safe with six eleven. <laughs> But he's just, he's more of a wing. So he's going to play a position that's more important. So he's always going to kind of have a bigger role. Whereas somebody like Sexton, if the defense doesn't ever come around, you know, which is for sure isn't a sure thing, or and Garland with just his limitations physically, yeah, it's easier to see where they are going to struggle to be positive impacts. Whereas they think Porter's size and his ability already on the defensive end makes him the most likely to have, you know, a positive impact on the team mm-hmm. long term. And then I would have to say Sexton just because he's already scoring. You know, Garland's the biggest wild card. Even though his skills coming in, I would have said he would have been one of the safer ones. The last year, you just can't erase last year. Um, and then after that, uh, I'm assuming Windler. Um, I I, I got to be honest there. I, I forgot how numbers work. And I was like, oh, well, who does that make fourth? But I guess when you're picking from four <laughs> options and you list three, uh, the guy that you left <laughs> off is fourth. Um, I also have Windler as fourth. But I'm going to deviate here. If you're putting a gun to my head and you're going pure confidence, like KPJ, I feel, has the highest ceiling. I would say Sexton is the guy I'm most confident in because this is a guy that is already putting up 20 points per game at 21 years old. He's, his true shooting percentage is higher than Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell uh, this season. Um, like He's a very efficient scorer at a young age, and I feel like a guy that does that is going to be in the NBA for a very long time. Honestly, like I, I think I, the only way he ever at this point gets into the six man conversation is only if it's like a Ginobili type situation where he's clearly the starter, but it's just kind of a, a fit type thing. But 
I, I think on his current trajectory, we're, we're looking at kind of an all-star caliber guy there, and I feel confident in that. Number two, I'd actually go Garland, even though I think KPJ is the higher upside guy there. I have a lot of confidence in him. I'm ready to die on the sale. All of our listeners that are screaming into their phones right now that I'm an idiot, your fears and concerns are justified. Uh, 100%. Like it's, it's totally reasonable to be wait and see on Garland or even out on him. Um, I just think next season we're going to see something from him right off the bat. And then I'd go KPJ. I'm ready to die on this hill. Um, if new information comes to light and that's not the case, I mean, I'm going to adjust. Uh, I mean, look at me. I, I was someone that was out on Sexton. Um, and as he's improved, I'm all the way in. So I, I'm, I'm a willing to admit that I'm wrong. But right now I'm going Garland number two. And uh, feel free to call me crazy, Nam. No, I see. I really like Garland. I feel like you and I are, are some of the higher people on him. Like I said, I think I think a lot of people are out completely already. And I, you know, the skills are there. It's just like I, you, you, I, you have to take the evidence that you have and you know weigh it pretty heavily. And so one bad season does does hurt. I still trust a lot in what he brings to the table and think that health was a big part of that. But I mean, even just assuming that he can stay healthy at this point too. So you know, I I, I don't think you're crazy. I. I do think it's funny, though, that based on like the offseason reports that we're hearing, it feels like the team would put Windler like at the top of this because they are just <laughs> pumping that dude up. Did, did you happen to catch what Chris Fedor's mock draft was? It, it was his first one, and he did put the qualifier of this is what I think is going to happen, not what should happen. But did you happen to, to see what he was uh, putting down there? No. So he had Obi going to the Cavs at five. And part of the reasoning um, beyond kind of what we're hearing from people around the NBA where it does seem like people are getting higher and higher on Albie and, and they feel like he's going to be a safe prospect, even though he does have some glaring weaknesses. But one of the things that he mentioned in the reasoning was the Cavs like Windler enough where they wouldn't take a three just to take a three. They feel like he gives them the flexibility to take best player available. These guys love Dylan Windler. He was on, so Fedor, I think it wasn't the, the most recent podcast, but maybe two or three ago. Mm-hmm. I, there was like a 10 minute span where he was talking about, you know, the team thinks Windler could start easily this year and supplant Jetty in the three and that teams are calling them asking for him in trades. And I mean, they, assuming that, you know, he's getting this from the team, they are, they are pumping up the Dylan Windler hype. It's like out of, like more so than our, you know, top 10 picks and our and KPJ who you know the fan base is in love with like it the the amount of hype they're putting around him is pretty crazy so I mean shooting is a skill that and, and you know we all love those summer league shots that he that we did see but I mean they are high on this guy no no what it's right now it's a fun novelty like we question whether or not Dylan Windler actually exists but what if he actually is that good like especially because KPJ I think looking at it now um, if they were to redo that draft, he's going top 10. I, I think people see what the upside is with him. One of the questions was defense, and that was one of his biggest strengths. Um, I, I, I don't think he'd fall to 30 ever again if they had another shot of his. But what if Dylan, Dylan Windler is actually that good? Like that, that, that is just such a, a curveball that I'm not really ready for, and I don't know what that would mean for next season. It would be fun, even if he's just like, even if he's Jetty, 
you know, like a pretty good shooter who can just kind of hang out out there and, and survive in a rotation role. Like I, I, he doesn't have to be a ton for it to still be a, a pretty fun outcome for him. So, you well, know, if he's Jenny, he, it's a great pick. If he's better than that, um, then, then you're starting to get really excited. Oh yeah. And it's so fun to have a mystery box like him there, you know, only having one pick this year. It's, it's almost fun to have when they're coming in as like another guy that we haven't seen to get excited about. You, you know what? You'll, you'll appreciate this comparison. Um, I always listen to Levitar show. I, I love it. And obviously they are also very heavily dolphins orientated. Um, but <laughs> one of the producers on the show, Chris Cody was saying how he didn't want to at a play at all this year because he just wants the mystery box of him. Like he, he doesn't want to find out if he's good or bad yet because the, the team is looking <laughs> good. So let, let's just ride it out for another season. Let's figure it out. <laughs> is that kind of what we, we're doing here with Dylan Windler? I, yeah. I mean, it's like I said at the beginning where the draft is, is so boring. Like I'm just not that excited about anybody we're going to take that. Like, yeah, I, I'm going to hype myself up on Dylan Windler in his age 25 <laughs> season or whatever it is, because I'm, I, you know, it's fun to have stuff to look forward to and uh, something that you can convince yourself uh, is, is could be something more than what you already have. So, but uh, they are super high on them. And it seems odd for them to put this much hype into a guy if they haven't, you know, seen some flashes from him and if there's not a reason for it, like there's no real benefit to them spending this much time hyping him up. Right. Like, is there some ulterior motive that I'm not picking up on to, to hype Dylan Windler? No, un- unless if it's a bit of a smokescreen, at, at least what Chris was saying about he gives them the flexibility to take OB. If they feel like they can get a buyer uh, to trade up at five, um, may- maybe that's something that would go into the consideration. I mean, we do have to consider that the Cavs are, are pretty tight-lipped. Like, I, I know they've been a little leaky in the past, but, like, we had no idea this Andre Drummond thing was happening. We, we haven't known... We don't know what Kobe Altman is thinking. The, the, these decisions do uh, come from multiple people. And I, I think sometimes we just assume it's one guy sitting there making the decisions and that person's Kobe or Dan Gilbert, depending who you talk to. Um, but like, I, I, I think there, there is the possibility that there could be some smoke screens, especially when it does seem like this is a draft where teams aren't in love with where they're picking. Have I told you about conspiracy theory yet? It's somewhat changing subjects, but along these lines, we never know who the Cavs are taking until like right before they take it. I mean, Mm -hmm. back to Anthony Bennett, Deion Waiters. I don't think we knew anything about Tristan Thompson. Uh, I don't think we knew much about Garland going into that draft, did we? Maybe the day of it started to kind of leak. Um, Sexton, we we had people didn't expect Garland to. People didn't expect Garland to to follow the Cavs either. I mean, that that was the thing. It's like, wow, this guy actually went available at five when. Uh, there, there was some consideration that the Knicks would take him at three. I don't think we knew about Sexton. We knew, you know, the Dan Gilbert, I think, had seen his workouts. But I don't think we knew going in that we'd it likely like target the him, week right? Of, it was the week of that it started to be Sexton because I remember my infamous uh, draft night tweet where I said, anybody but Sexton in brackets, it's going to be Sexton. Um, <laughs> and I have I'm, one from the Anthony Benedict draft. It's like, it feels like it's, it's something the almost exact same thing. Like I hope it's anybody by Anthony Bennett, and it absolutely is. You know, feeling like it's a Anthony Bennett. Yeah, I, I still remember after the Anthony Bennett draft and almost getting in a fight at the Bomber game right immediately <laughs> after. I was in such a foul move, and and everyone wanted to congratulate me. They're like, "Look, you, you're the first team to take a Canadian first overall. That's your team." And I'm like, just 
out of my mind livid. But uh, the, the hypotheticals of Windler are fun, but I am, I'm starting to get the itch. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see exactly what he can bring to the table. Oh, wait, I got to finish my conspiracy theory. My yeah, conspiracy theory was that we never know who the Cavs are going to take, ever. Okay. And this year, all of a sudden, like two months before the draft, we were hearing all this stuff about, you know, who they wanted, what their order was. Fedor was posting like, oh, here's who they did interviews with, and that normally means who they're looking at. It felt like we all of a sudden we had a lot of information about Mm-hmm. Denny and Okoro, and I think Ball was the other one. It, it felt like, all right, this is a lot of information coming from an organization that we never get information from. So all of a sudden now, there's like constant Obi Toppin and, and hype. And I just wonder if somebody had leaked too much and they're trying to scramble now and cover for a little bit because it's <laughs> not like the organization to have had that much information out there. And this Obi Toppin stuff is coming on like hot and heavy all of a sudden. I, so it I almost feels it. like a smokescreen. I love it. I, so that's my, you know that's Even my in my show notes, I, I put that Obi does feel a little smokescreeny. Because um, he wasn't, I think part of why we know kind of where the Cavs thought process is or have a better idea is teams had to publicly kind of make their list of who they want to talk to and order it. Um, which may not be what your draft board is. Like when we talked about uh, the, the list uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, there, there was the disclaimer that this is just kind of who the Cavs want to talk to and what the order is. Um, so I think there was more available there, but they might just feel that they, they already have a good sense for uh, what Obi can bring to the table because he's kind of the, the home state guy. Yeah, and I don't think there's that many questions about, I mean, his character and who he is and all that kind of stuff. He seems, everybody seems to say, you know, positive things. And you probably know a lot about him, whereas somebody like a Denny or a LaMelo Ball, you know, you got to learn a little bit more about those guys because they're not here. You're not seeing them all the time. And like you said, hearing things are not in your home state. You know, you're not talking to the people who are around them and stuff. So that does make sense. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's It's fun to look into the future and kind of wonder what's going to happen but the present can be just as fun jeff and with bet online you can bet on the present because football is back you can bet on Tua if you want uh you may not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And with your winnings at Bet Online, you can go staff your company with Indeed. Indeed has, even though sports had a break, your business didn't, you have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Not. Does Carter listen to these? Does Carter listen to the ones that he's not on? That's a great question. I think he does. I, I think he, he actually kind of enjoys it. Because by far, his best favorite part of doing the podcast are the ad reads. And so he's going to go nuts when he hears your transition to an ad read and then to another ad read within an ad read. That was like... I, I didn't even blow a tire. Like I, I, right there, there were a few skin marks in there, but there, there were no blown tires, which, I mean, for me, going back to back, that's that I'm going to take as a win. With a transition in between. I mean, that was... <laughs> that was impressive. Carter's gonna be jealous. He wasn't. He didn't get to be part of that. He didn't get to put his name on that one. He'll also be happy that you are uh, kind of di- discussing the mechanics of the ad read uh, and keeping it with the creator <laughs> podcast. You, you can tell that you are not just our favorite guest, but one of our loyal listeners. How, how, speaking of how we feel about things, how do, would you feel about the prospect of Albi? Because even though it does feel a little smokescreeny, I am starting to kind of run it through my head on okay what is my reaction going to be how how is this going to look with the calves it's i mean it's frustrating because it does seem like there are a lot of good prospects that fit the calves needs um especially on the defensive end and obi isn't one of them but what what do you think about the possibility of him being a cleveland cavalier I think his offensive skill set would be fun, right? I mean, he'd be a nice addition to a bunch of young guys we have that like the ball in their hand and, and could open things up for them and be a pick and roll partner and, and you know, really make that offense hum. I, I think he that would be exciting. You know, he's a modern big on that side. He's got athleticism, he can play above the rim, but he can step back and shoot. And so I think maybe we kind of underplay the offense a little bit. And I think that 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 could be really fun and a nice fit, but yeah, like at some point we need to play defense. I don't really understand how that would work and how you build a team with two small guards and then yeah. <laughs> the top or Topin. I never remember how to say, but yeah, you know, with him playing as one of your bigs, like I just don't understand how you ever build a defense at that point. And at some point you have to think about those things. And I don't know that his ceiling is high enough that you can just disregard it. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. Like, after people use their or use the promo code Blue Wire to get their welcome bonus from Bet Online, if you're doing futures odds, like I would put money on Obi winning Rookie of the Year. Like I, I think he's probably the most talented offensive player coming into this draft. I know uh, Lamelo has a lot of tools, but the decision making is going to be an issue. This guy's going to put up numbers right away, and I mean, there's a very real possibility he isn't available uh, for the Cavs to take anyways. Um, I think he's going to be in consideration basically from two on. Um, I, I think he's a great fit with Golden State. I think Chicago's going to consider him. Uh, He'd be so good with Golden State. It, it's, I mean, that's a one spot where I just think that makes so much sense. And I'm, I mean, if he does go to Golden State, I really do feel like Wiseman is either going to be um, in Golden State or Cleveland. I, I don't think any other team is really going to take him. So um, I would absolutely be thrilled to get Wiseman and see Obi in Golden State. Um, but he's, he would be a ton of fun. Like he is going to be the kind of guy that you end up getting in fights on Twitter about where, um, casual fans are like, 
hey, this guy's putting up 18 points per game. He's doing it very efficiently. He has some of the most fun highlights. And then you have to push back to a certain extent and say, but this is what you're giving up on the other end of the floor. And um, I, I think you'd, the, the move, if you want to be a Cavs optimist like myself, is to double down on defenses for nerds. But at the same time, like you want to see a bit more of a solid process for the Cavs when it comes to developing a winning team. And I just, I'm not sure that he's going to be a step in the re- that direction. Yeah, for sure. And I'm with you on defenses for nerds, but I feel like even that has, has like some limitations. Like there has to be like a line somewhere where you've got to be like, okay, we've got to be a little nerdy though. <laughs> it's going to be, there's got to be some nerding out with the team because I, I don't know how you'd ever stop it. I do. I will say this. I'm like naturally a little bit skeptical when draft Twitter goes all in on a guy being terrible about yeah. something. <laughs> I feel like they kind of did it with Aiton and some other guys where it's like, sometimes we just decide something and we all kind of pile on. And this isn't just NBA draft Twitter. I feel like NFL draft Twitter doesn't just look, they pick a quarterback every year that everybody's just going to hate. And I think sometimes we take it too far. So I do kind of want to see how it would translate. If scouts are this high, if he's getting this much buzz, like there has to be some reasoning that people think that they can work with him. So I, I, I'm naturally a little bit skeptical uh, when people go too far on it, but um, he would be fine. I don't know. I think that's a really fair point to, to bring up because I've made that mistake before. And I think I do a decent enough job of always putting the qualifier that I don't really watch these prospects a ton. Like, I'm not someone that's going to pretend to be an expert on everything. That's why we bring on guests that help kind of fill in our blind spots. And like smart people that I respect say, you know, Obi is a ridiculously safe prospect. His defensive woes are a little bit overblown. Um, I mean, Wasserman uh, said that on the podcast. Uh, Sam Bassini has said that. Uh, I know that is a sentiment among scouts and that. He's, he's a guy that if you watch his offensive highlights, it is the most entertaining mixtape that you got amongst these prospects. Like he is ridiculously fun, but when I watch his defensive um, kind of lowlights, let's call them that uh, I am blown away by how bad his hips look. Like this guy does not get low. He does not get low. And I, I understand the appeal of the Cavs having two rookies that can bring in veteran leadership with Windler and Obi next year. But my God, like, <laughs> he just does not get low. Like he doesn't bend his knees. He can't get his hips down. And it just makes me skeptical that he can be some sort of small ball five that people are projecting him to be. Yeah, and no, I I totally agree with that. The the one thing that makes me feel better about it is that this draft is just so bad that the opportunity cost is really low. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think if you take him that you're going to be like, oh man, we really should have taken, you know, Vassell or or Okoro. Like I don't think you're going to be regretting that so huge in the future. Like it might just be worth taking a gamble on a guy with a really high ceiling. Now. What does that do to team building down the road? We're already kind of doing that with Garland and Sexton, just taking the talent and hoping to figure it out later. But mm-hmm. I do think the opportunity cost in this draft is so much lower that I could get behind the idea of, yeah, this guy can't guard anybody on the perimeter whatsoever. You know, but, what? let's, hey, let's maybe do the this. league shifts in a couple of years. Let's do this. Like, because you said that in terms of your confidence where guys are going to rank, you went KPJ, Sexton, Garland, Wimler. 
let's say the Cavs had first overall. Let's let's talk opportunity costs. If you could have any prospect in this draft, where would you slot them among those four? Would, like if you pick whoever your favorite prospect is, and where would you put them among those four on how confident you are they're going to be a good player? So I think I'm probably with you. I think you're the same boat with the Congo. Mm-hmm, correct. Um. I don't know that he'd be, he wouldn't be. That's a great question. I don't know that he would be probably third, maybe second. See, I'd go, I'd go third, maybe fourth. Like, I don't think that this draft, like, I I think you take Garland as a prospect over anybody in this draft. Um, Sexton's already proven so much. And I probably like, I think KPJ is a better wing prospect than any wing prospect in this draft. Like I think, especially with the the new information we have now, um, like he has less question marks, like the, sure. The, the jumper is a, a bit of a question, but um, that's the same thing with Okoro or Denny. Um, but he's got a better ability to create his own shot. You don't have those same offensive concerns and you know that he can play defense already. Um I, I think that that's the biggest thing where I'm not going to freak out about this draft because there just isn't opportunity costs. And I think I slot whoever they take, like even if they take Okoro, I don't know if he starts next year. I, I, I think that it's going to be a work in progress. Yeah. I think the biggest opportunity cost isn't who you're passing on in the draft. It's just the amount of time you're going to have to invest in them and what it does to, to the rest of your roster, you know, and that's why somebody like a LaMelo ball scares me because, I don't think he's that great of a prospect. He's fine. You know, and I get in this draft way, he'd be ranked high, but you have to kind of change your entire team to build around him. And that's the opportunity cost of somebody like that. And, you know, Wiseman might have a little bit of that um, as well, but you know, I think that's the bigger cost. I'm just not that worried about missing on anybody in this draft. And yeah, I agree. If you're saying Garland as a prospect bird, he rank in this. I mean, I, I would want him above anybody in this draft, I think. And Sexton's already putting up those points. So even if you, are clear-eyed about his limitations like you see what skill he's already bringing mm-hmm. so at kpj you know I'm, I'm i've already ranked him high so yeah i mean i it, it's hard to see who in this draft we take that i would be more excited about than any of these guys yeah no i i, I feel the same way so i mean i can see like a sex and ob pick and roll just being fun as hell uh same, same with garland and i mean uh we were actually talking about this before the podcast but Garland working out with Drummond a lot this summer, learning how to use screens and where to feed guys in the pick and roll. Like that's a valuable experience, whether it's with Drummond or Tristan or Obi Toppin or uh, Wiseman or Okongwu. Um, that's just a really valuable skill set. So I, I could see, I can see that being a very entertaining team next year. And if the Cavs are going to rest Kevin Love on every single back to back, maybe that factors into the decision making even though that really does kind of strike me as short-term thinking yeah for sure and there's going to be you know it's just a weird roster so it's going to take a little while to sort that out and sort the minutes out but luckily it's it's deep enough and there's a lot of different skill sets so i I think it's interesting we're going to to see a lot of different guys play together you know garland sexton are very different nance and love are very different drummond's bringing something different and then whoever we bring in is going to bring in the skill sets that we don't have anywhere either Mm-hmm. Even if it's Wiseman, I think he's a little bit different than Drummond. So um, I definitely think it's going to be a fun team just in that there's a lot of young guys, but there's 
you know, we, there's enough flashes that they're worth being excited about. And then there's enough different styles that you're going to kind of get to see who wins from that and who, you know, kind of raises to the top. I mean, who knows what Drummond's going to bring to the table. He's expanding his game. <laughs> oh my God. If I, you got to like, when you, when you tweet this out, link to, to him, you know, that, that clip I showed you or that we were both tweeting about where he's running around the perimeter and trying to fire up shots from the corner. I can't believe that's what he's working on. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I don't hate him adding, adding the shot. It's how much dribbling I see in every single one of these. Like uh, we do not need point Drummond. Um, I, I think, He's underrated as a passer um, overall, but I just don't want those passes and playmaking opportunities to really come off the dribble. I want, I want that on the short roll. I want that to, to come off of movement. I don't want him to be running the show. How do you feel about the Drummond saga? Because obviously this is kind of a, one of the hotter topics around Cavs Twitter and uh, within the Cavs discussions these days is what's going to happen with Andre Drummond because, I mean, there, there's smoke. Uh, the, the extension talks are apparently very far apart. Uh, that, that's been confirmed by multiple people. Brian Windhorst has said uh, that the Cavs are willing to take on long-term money in exchange for Andre Drummond if it means getting assets um, it, as soon as he opts in. So uh, what's kind of your feelings on what's going on with Andre? I want him off the team. I'll be honest with you. It, it's a it's a weird situation because his contract could be worth a lot at the deadline. So you're probably going to have to keep him around unless something materializes. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of teams making huge moves this offseason. So maybe his salary is something that helps that happen and the Cavs can pick up an asset to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am not excited about watching that guy on the team. And I'm actually, I'm with you. I, I don't even mind threes. I think he could actually shoot like not well but you know 32 percent or 33 percent some number that for a guy of his size is like so terrible yeah like in b can't really shoot but him shooting it kind of opens up other things right i could definitely see him doing that but yeah it's him bringing the ball up and trying to make things happen off the dribble like that's where the disaster happens like fine if he wants to shoot now and then i can understand why he's trying to do that and what it does for the offense but anything else he does is miserable so i I kind of want him off the team. I just, I did not enjoy anything about the German experience last year, but I've, I've already sold myself that it's a contract year. And we, he seems very much like a guy who's going to fall out in a contract year. So uh, that's what I've sold myself on that, you know, if you've got him in a contract year, Kevin Love coming back after a long break to get his body right, that maybe some of those vets can, can be a little more productive than what they were last year and provide a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Do you think I, there's going to be a market for him? I do. I do think that the market is going to be better at the trade deadline. I, I think there's two hot spots. I think there's the the draft night um, possibility, and if not, then I do think that there's going to be suitors at the trade deadline because um, the Cavs are basically one of the only teams coming through this pandemic saying we are still willing to take on money. Um, you're, you're heading into an amazing free agency class. Drummond can help you as a rental and provide you with just so much expiring money. And that's going to be a very valuable asset. Um, I, I like, th- this is the advantage. Um, I mean, people talk about frustrations they have with Dan Gilbert. This is the advantage of having Dan Gilbert is we spend like a big market team and we spend more than a big market team because uh, some of those teams cheap out. Uh, that, that we've been him. dumb like he's willing to spend dumb money just to get assets you know right. like he's willing to take on just insane amounts so i think even 
even a lot of like the glamour markets, big markets aren't willing to just dole out money on deals that, you know, really hurt you. And he's and, willing and, to do that. It is a ma major asset. And, and willing to bail on things when they just aren't working out like that. That's a huge thing is I don't freak out about when the Cavs whip because they will spend the money to give themselves another ad back. Um, so I, I do think that there's a possibility on draft night, like, I kind of get a gut feeling they might be there, but I'm not in a huge rush to get him off the team. I do think that um, what he can bring to the table can be of some benefit to the development of the young guys. Um, but let, let's, I'm going to spring one last hypothetical on you before we wrap this up. Let's say the Cavs are going to take OB at five. What would you say with that knowledge, if the Warriors call you up and they will offer a Wiggins for Drummond swap you can go up to two and take Wiseman. Um, so you avoid the OB possibility. You get Wiggins and Wiseman and you bring back Tristan. Um, does that do anything for you? Do you need a few more seconds to swing it up or do you just want nothing to do with Andrew Wiggins? So I want nothing to do with Wiggins. And I've been talked into, in, in, in your guys' Discord, I've been talked into him not being a completely awful negative guy. I think my problem is on the Cavs specifically, he, the one thing he does bring, which is like some volume scoring is something that we have plenty of, like he's, he's a worse version of Colin Sexton scoring, right? Yeah. Like volume scoring without providing a whole lot of else, of anything else also without the shooting. And so like specifically for the Cavs, I think he would be a negative impact on the roster just because of that, because we already have the one thing that he can kind of bring. And after that, he's just clogging up the cap sheet. And listen, I don't think cap space is important to the Cavs. They're not going to sign anybody, but it does unlock more opportunities. You can take on contracts. You can still sign, you know, lower level guys. You can use that cap space in ways that is more productive than just burning it on Wiggins to move up a couple spots for a Wiseman. Like I just, I just don't think it's worth it for Wigan. Like if you told me we we're getting the Minnesota pick or something, you know, that, then yeah. I would obviously, but you know, I don't think that's going to happen. So I, he just doesn't interest me for those reasons. I also think they're trying to build a very specific culture and I, you know, I don't want to make assumptions about Wiggins, but just based on Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler has proven that he was right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, the, didn't the GM literally have to say like, we're going to give you all this money, but you have to try now. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I, I've talked to people with team Canada that, I mean, obviously they have frustrations based on his involvement with the team, but like there were very serious workout concerns there. Like the, the, the work ethic that he had displayed when he was younger just hasn't really been there. Um, I know there is the hype machine right now that he's best shape of his life. He's really working at it, blah, 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 blah. I'm buying into that a little bit. Like I still kind of see the upside with him, So I'd be okay with that deal personally. Um, but I, I think that the concerns you brought up are incredibly valid. Uh, I, I think you would need some assurances, um, especially from JB, that you would not let Wiggins get kind of free reign with the ball. But uh, hopefully we don't have to cross that bridge. I mean, my, my favorite possibility is still that Wiseman just falls to the Cavs at five because it doesn't really seem like they're going to take Okongwu. Um, but if, if they can get a center in this draft and, and move on from Drummond, I like that the fresh start aspect of that. Yeah, for sure. And he's somebody you can groom. I, I'm pretty high on Wiseman. I know that you are too. I just, he seems like a guy who 
even at his worst, is going to be fairly useful. Just his size, he has some you know rebounding uh, instincts that he's going to be able to out and just swallow the ball. And, and at that size, you're always going to be able to impact, um, you know, protecting the rim. And he, you know, he plays above the rim. I, I think his skill set. It's kind of I said the same thing about Drummond when he was coming out. Honestly, like this guy just has a skill set that's really hard to fail from. And it doesn't seem like there's any real worries about him work ethic or anything like that. So. Um, and you know what? He hasn't played much, but that might be an asset because he hasn't tried to shoulder a huge load. He hasn't tried to do learn bad habits and try to be the guy. Like he might be able to bring him in and teach him how to get easy buckets and how to play within a system and still put up numbers and be okay with that rather than going through being the guy in college and you know wanting to be that, you know, like Christina Drummond, bringing the ball up and trying to do all that extra stuff. So, you know, I, I kind of think bringing him into this culture or not this culture, not like pretending the Cavs have. <laughs> the best culture in the league, but bringing him into a system and, and trying to bring him in, in a specific role, I think could be really good. No, I, I completely agree. And you know what? One last thought I, I want to leave our listeners with before I wrap this up is I've heard a lot of complaining about the Cavs ability to maximize Kevin Love and what you lose with him on the defensive end. And I mean, some of that had to do with the Warriors playing small ball with five Hall of Famers. And that was basically the only matchup where he was a liability. You saying people are not allowed to want Obi Toppin because he is worse than Kevin Love has ever been on defense and he's nowhere near as skilled on the offensive end. You guys are not allowed to pine for Obi Toppin. I am laying down the law. I, I try to make a point of never telling people how to fan. You do the experience however you want to. It's your right to disagree with me whenever you want to. This is the only spot I'm putting my foot down. You do not get to pine for Obi Toppin. <laughs> I will also die on the hill that Kevin Love wasn't actually that bad against the Warriors. Like, I mean, there were times they would target him, but I think on the whole, he still brought... I, I feel like it almost became an over the top narrative for a while that was he was finding maybe overdoing it he was finding seven yeah that's kind of my against point. the warriors and that was the better team he was just concussed in 2016 <laughs> yeah exactly when he's not like uh, completely concussed out there yeah he, he was pretty good and i just think it became like this thing like it almost became just like a fact and everyone just stated it like like there was no nuance to it at all and i actually thought he held up pretty well against them um, and those other matchups. I mean, there were times that they would target him, but not to the extent that people made it sound like they made it sound like every time he was out there, it was just automatic buckets. And I don't think that's, that was the problem. Agreed. Well, They're far from the only problem or biggest problem. Jeff, I appreciate that you bring automatic buckets when it comes to your takes. I, I really, <laughs> I appreciate you filling in for Carter here and bringing the heat, bringing some optimism, bringing the knowledge that can only come from watching the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is something that my other co-host just doesn't really make a priority. So thank you so much. Uh, do, do you have anything you, you want to plug? Do you have anything you got going on other than sheltering yourself from a pandemic right now? No, nope. follow me on Twitter. It's sports. Nom. That's about it. Yeah. Follow the legend sports. Nom. one of the best follows in the Cleveland sports community. You got to go do that. Uh, so I'm going to be rooting for Tua just for you, Jeff. I'm going to be rooting for uh, the Cavs to not get Obi Toppin, but I really appreciate you coming on. And I appreciate all of our listeners as well. You guys are amazing with your support. Uh, you guys continue to support us as, as we go through this absolutely crazy time. Hopefully things will be a little bit normal, but if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to support the podcast directly, uh, you can all, or I shouldn't, now I'm, I'm spiraling, Jeff. I, I 
messed up my signature sign off. That's terrible. Uh, but if you want to be part of our Discord community, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. No matter how you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. So stay safe out there. And until next time, go Cats.